We are learning Ois Beis of the Maimer Isha Kisidor, which is on page Pegimel side four. And we're going to be learning page Pedalid of Lukutatara by Midbar. So we've been learning about the fact that the third base of is in the merit of Yaakov Avinu, whose Mida is Emes nonstop, not like Avram and Yitzchak, the Besamikdash, in whom their merit existed, the first and second one stopped. Midav Yaakov is everlasting. That's related to the Torah, which is called Torah's Emes. And that is going to be related to later on in the Mimer. So Galdreva starts with the Pasuk in Shir Hashirin, Herak Aleph Pasuk Zayin, Hagida Lisha Nafshi, Echa Sira, Echa Tabes Rayim. Tell me that which my soul has loved. The Jewish people are talking to Hashem. Where should we pasture in this difficult exile? Where should we lie down at noon in the hot sun of the troubles of the Gullus? Why should we be in mourning? compared to the flocks of your colleagues, compared to the nations of the world who serve other gods, why should we be in mourning compared to them? So the Alter explains, Nafshi is the Jewish neshama that every person has, that has, that every Jewish person has, that has a love to cleave to Hashem, even if he doesn't feel it now. Because the soul is presently in, in Gullus. Like it says, Haskell said about himself, but it's referring to every neshama, that is really in Gullus to a certain degree in their body. Like it says, even when we're in Gullus, the Shekhinah which is within our Neshama is with us. And this is the Avativis, the natural love that every Jewish person has, like a son has to a father. Now, the love of a son to a father is not like a flaming fire, because the son has already become something separate, even though he comes from his father. Now, when the son expresses his love to his father, even if at that moment the son is not in a state of pleasure, on the contrary, he's calling out to his father for help. Nevertheless, his father gets pleasure from the very fact that his son is turning to him and calling him. The more he calls him, the more pleasure the father has in terms of the enhanced relationship. This relates to the yari im divshi. I ate the forest together with the honey. This is referring to the Birches Krishma as well as the Shema. The Birches Krishma is when we experience or try to experience the love that the Malachim have for Hashem. The Malachim are called the forest because they're like trees, they grow in their love for Hashem. But they're different than human beings who can grow in a much um, different way than a tree, where mahalchim, we can walk, we can grow in great strides. Now the dvash, the honey, is referring to the sweetness and the pleasure that Hashem gets from us when we say the Shema, when we yearn to cleave to Him. Hashem gets this pleasure even if that yearning is lacking in its intensity because we are also enclosed in other desires. And therefore that love is not like a flaming fire because we have heated desires for this world, which cool off our desire for Hashem. This level of love is described in the Apostle, I remember the love of your youth. 
Avas Klubesayach, your overarching love, Lechtech Achar Midbar, when you went after me in the desert, Bresles, you were in a land that was not planted. Describing the love that Jewish people had when they followed Moshe Benu, so to speak, towards Hashem in the desert. Alter explains, how, however, that this is a basic level love, not the ultimate level of love, because it's only Neuraich as a youth. It's the beginning of a, ser- a person's service of Hashem. Avas Klulisayach is from the language of Kala, when a person's relationship is like a Kala, like a bride, and not like a wife. The level of the wife is a much higher level of love, as we'll learn. Lechtech acharein ban midbar, follow me in the desert. Acharein is referring to a love that's acharein, from the level of the back, which means it's only a skafia and not a sabta. It's a person subjugating himself to Hashem, but not transforming the darkness to light yet. And therefore, it's still cold in the desert. And the word midbar also from, comes from the word dibur speech. The person is speaking physical matters. And therefore, the mem of midbar is open, the first mem, because he's still getting machshava zoras. Like Walter says in the mind of Arastich, that the cause for machshava zoras, for, for foreign thoughts, is because his mind is open to other things other than Hashem, like a yard which has no roof and is open to the elements. And that's why we say, Mashcheni, Hashem, pull me out, because we know about ourselves that our nefshali kiss is enmeshed in darkness, in the snakeskin of our body that covers over on its holiness. And a person who is tied up cannot let himself out. And this is why the Jewish people say to Hashem, Mashcheni, drag me out, please take me out of Golis, and then I will be able to run after you. And this is the meaning of the Pasuk Echatira, how can we shepherd, we're asking not only for our own sake, we want to shepherd Hashem. The Jewish people are called Hashem's shepherd. Roye Yisrael, the Jewish people are called shepherds. Like it says, we give parnasa to our fathers in heaven. We cause that the Ein Soif should come into the Midas Elyonus, into the body, so to speak, chesed of the right arm and so on. Hashem on his own is beyond all of these Midas. And that's what we say, if we don't serve Hashem in the best way, how are we going to be his shepherd, so to speak? And therefore, we also ask, how are we going to settle our love when we have Tzaharayim, when we have um, intense heat for other things? Afternoon is the time of intense heat. And it's referring to the dense heat, uh, intense heat of physical desires. Like it says, heat is the father of Canaan, which is a bad mida. The pastor continues, Why should I be like I'm in mourning by the flocks of your colleagues? The word oiteya, which means to be cloaked like, an, like a mourner, is also relating to the word busha, embarrassment. Like it says, a cloak with embarrassment. They don their embarrassment like a cloak. They are garbed in disgrace and embarrassment. So this is referred to a person who's embarrassed by these foreign desires. And also it means to be cloaked, to be cloaked in these thoughts and these speeches and these desires 
that come from Chaveirecha, from gods other than Hashem. Every thought and every speech that we get comes from some source, and the source of these ones is a negative source. This is related to the sheep of Lavan. The weak sheep were called Atufim, and this means is that they, they're embarrassed. It represents a person who's embarrassed by his involvement in the physical and is enmeshed in them like a garment covers a person. This is what we ask, we should not be embarrassed by this kind of behavior forever. Whereas the sure and the strong sheep are to Yaakov, this is a person who strengthens his tie to Hashem so that he's not embarrassed by the sort of behavior, behavior we described. This is all the son, uh, the love of the son to the father. However, there's a higher level love, and this is the love of the wife to the husband. That is like a flaming fire in which she has no other desires at all. And this represents the love for Hashem that we can achieve through Torah, about which it says, that once I have that love, I desire nothing other than Hashem. Only I only have a yearning to your man, which is Hashem, so to speak. And this relates to the Apostle of one of the wives of the Nesim of Edoim was Mehitavol, daughter of Matri, the daughter of Mezohav. Mezohav refers to the quality of love that is like gold that is better than silver. Matri means that the person is totally torrid, is totally occupied with that love and has no other love whatsoever. This is a love that is with all of the person's hearts. Because he has an intense desire to Hashem, like a flaming fire, like the Apostle says, when you will lift up the, the flames, and that's referred to the Neshama. This comes through Torah learning. We see that Torah learning, or receiving what Torah has to do with the chasana, the relationship of chasana and the wife, because we associate the day of the matan Torah like the chasana. The Torah is also comes from the right side, black on white. And this level of love that comes from the Torah is called emes, because it's not like the love we described before that has its ups and downs, but it's a constant love. And therefore it's truth, because it doesn't stop. We see that Emes is referring to Yaakov. It says, Titan Emes Yaakov. And the Torah is associated with Yaakov as well, because it says, Hakul, Kul Yaakov, which is a level of Torah. This is the meaning of the Pasuk, Shasisi I drank my wine with my milk. This is referring to the Torah, which is called wine. It's referring to the great love that a person has through drinking the wine of Torah. Now, the Torah explains the Pasuk that Adamarishan said, when Chava was created. Let's find that Pasuk. Vayoymer Adam, a Perak, embracious Perak, Bey's Pasuk Chavgimel. Vayoymer Adam, the man said, Zoysapan, this time, Etzameyatzamay, it's a bone of my bones, he was talking about Chava, Uvasemribisari, it's flesh of my flesh, Zoysikari Isha, this is what I will call a woman, Kimi Ishlukachazois, because it came from the man, of course, Chava came from Adam. What does this mean in terms of the Jewish people and Hashem and the love that we're trying to describe here that's associated with the Torah? 
Zois HaPam is referring to the Torah, which is called Zois V'Zois HaTorah. In the future, the Torah will be removed from its physical garments. Now the Torah speaks about physical things. In the future, that garment will be taken off and the pnimius of the Torah will shine. At that time, the, the, the Torah and Hashem, so to speak, will call, be called Ishi instead of Bali. Ishi is a more loving relationship than Bali, which is a husband, and is a more of a mashpia, makabal relationship, less equal. So in the future time, there's going to be a revelation of the Torah or the Torah being light. We know the Torah is called light and it's also called water. Like it says, that all those who are thirsty come to water. But it's also called light, Torah or. And the concept is that the way the Torah is above is light. And when it comes down to this world, it's called mayim, like, it, like water comes down. Now we get the Torah in the form of water, which is with the physical garments. But in the future time, the Torah of light will be revealed. At that time, we'll call Hashem Ishi, which is related to light. Ishi is my husband, but it's also Ish, which is fire and light. Nevertheless, now we get this light through the water of the Torah, the way it comes down to this world. So that's going to be the way the Torah is in the future. But Zoisapam, now, even before that, even when the Torah is in involved in physical discussions, nevertheless, it's still etzamei atzamei. It's from my essence. It's still the internal will of Hashem, which is the Torah Shudachsav. And it's also basar mi basari. My flesh, the flesh is red. And that's talking about the Torah Shudachsav, which is more gevura, with chumras and details. This I will call isha. Isha means a fire for Hashem. This Torah will give us a fire for Hashem. Because it comes from from Hashem. So when a person has the Torah, nitvas and nidvak in his moich, grasp and cleaving to in his brain when he learns it, and certainly afterwards when he remembers it and doesn't forget it, then the chachman, the bina of Hashem, is grasped within him. It's like the tipa. It's like the drop that comes from the brain of the father. And it becomes united, so to speak, with the wife. So this is the unity that the Torah brings about. About this level, it says, After Adam and were created, they were both naked. What does this mean in terms of our relationship with Hashem? That with this love, which is like a flaming fire, where the person is removed from any other desires other than Hashem, like it says, I desire nothing other than you, not like the love we described earlier, which is more cold, because he still has, the person still has involvement in foreign desires, and he's only serving Hashem in a way of Eskafia. But no, when he has Avarabah, and he's transformed the darkness to light, he has no other desire than Hashem, so he's not enclosed in any other desires. And therefore, it brings about that Hashem should not be clothed either in any other masks, and that's going to be fully revealed when Mashiach comes. Our teacher will not be covered over in a garment. That's going to be the ultimate time of that us and Hashem are going to be both naked, meaning to say we'll both be revealed, our inner will, and Hashem's inner will be revealed to each other. 
And that's why in the future time, the plenius of the Torah will be revealed without any garments. However, even nowadays, when the Torah is in the garment, nevertheless, it's still somewhat like because uh, this level of connectedness that is compared to nakedness. Why is that? Because through learning Torah, but the person's neshama is invested in the Torah, and so too, the orin soif is invested in the Torah. And when we learn Torah in this way of connecting to the Ein soif, we bring about that the Ein soif should be in the Torah. So Hashem, the person who's learning Torah, become, so to speak, wearing one garment. So even though they're still in a garment, but they're wearing the same garment, like two people who are wearing one garment and they become one. This is only possible if the person removes any foreign thoughts. Whereas as long as he has foreign thoughts, which are called the term soiled garments, then it's like he's in his garment and Hashem is in, her, in, 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 in his garment, so to speak. And it says that uh, husband and wife that uh, insist, if the husband insists that he wants to wear garments at the time of intimacy, and she has to wear garments, that's not a good match she can demand a divorce and ask for a ksuba, because it means that they're not truly unified. And that's what it means here too. If a person has other thoughts, he has other garments outside of the Torah, he's lacking in his unity to Hashem. When he removes other garments and other thoughts, then there will not be any embarrassment. That's like what the Pasuk says. There's no embarrassment because he's not embarrassed because he has no other thoughts other than Hashem. Like it says, Okay, coming back to how this connects to the Pasha of Matos and the beginning of the Pasha. Isha kisidor neder, when a woman will make a vow. What is this whole idea of a vow? That a person makes something forbidden for themselves. Why don't we say, like the Rambam quotes the Yerushalmi, which is in the beginning of the ninth chapter of Nedorim, it's enough what the Torah forbids. So why do we have to make a vow? So the truth is, the Alter says, there is no difference between permissible and forbidden items, except that one of them can be elevated to Hashem. But until it's elevated, it is still covered and concealed. And this is the concept of Nidorim, which are a siyog for precious, which help us in terms of separation. And they help us achieve holiness, like it says, Kaddish, Atzmuch, sanctify yourself with permissible things. What does it mean? When a person realizes that he does not have the ability to elevate that thing, on the contrary, it will bring him down to physicality. And, and the person himself will be lowered. He will lower that thing and it will lower himself, which is the concept of koivin rush, heaviness of the head. The Jewish people are the head, Yisrael li rush. And when a person gets too much involved in physicality, his head becomes heavy, becomes lowered into that physicality like a heavy, like a person who's carrying a heavy load. And therefore, he has to have precious, he has to separate from such things that will bring him down. Now, this is only referring to a person who is not able to elevate the thing, because the person is compared to an Isha bin Ural, a young woman who is still not married, so she's completely on the feminine side. This is the type of love that we described earlier, when it's a love that is not complete. And this is called when she's young and she's still in her father's house. The Beis Aviha 
is referring to the love of a son to a father, which is not the highest level of love like we described earlier. The reason for that is because she's an Isha. And this is referring to the fact that Isha is darkly lichvish. A man has the nature to conquer, and a woman does not. Because not of that in Kalis, the Gemara says. So therefore, they're not able to conquer as well as a man. Of course, we're using this as a mushal for this level of serving Hashem. That the man represents the person who is able to conquer the desires, transform them, and the woman represents the person who is not yet able to do that. The person who is not yet able to do that cannot elevate the permissible item and bring it to holiness because they have not yet transformed the darkness of their own life, of their own nefesh uh, and into light. They're still at the level of Iskafia. They're still following Hashem in the desert. And then anything that is extra, not needed, will bring him down in terms of his service of Hashem. That's why Mesechta ben Dorim is in Seder Noshim. In the Mishnah, it's in the order of Mishnah that discusses women. Because the idea of making a vow is relevant for a person who was on the level of the feminine, in which he does not, has not yet conquered the negative side. And therefore, that side could bring him down, and therefore he has to make the nether. However, the Pasuk says, If she does get married, then if she makes a vow in her husband's house, that's referring to a higher level person. That's referring to when the woman does get married. So she's already had a relationship with her husband. So she has already the concept of the tipa of chachma ilah, the, the revelation of the man, so to speak, which is Hashem. And that's the Torah, which is from Hashem's moyach, Hashem's chachma. So at that time, they, and the person has a relationship with Hashem that is compared to Shnei Marumen, where they have removed all other loves, then the vow can be annulled. The husband can annul that vow because that represents the person has been able to transform the darkness to light. Because with Chachma, with the wisdom of the Torah, he can elevate that darkness and turn it into light. And he quotes in the parentheses the concept that after a woman gets married and has a relationship with her husband, so therefore there's a mixture of the side of chesed and gevura within her. The gevura that a woman normally has becomes mixed with chesed to the extent that perhaps she even wants to have a male child because she recognizes the qualities of the masculine. So that's what we're talking about over here that through learning Torah, the person brings the aspect of Hashem into themselves and can therefore overcome their negative side more easily. Now, what does it mean that the father um, can annul the vow of the woman who is not yet married? So the way the Alter explains that is that we have the idea of Shabbos. So once they're married, then we know the annulment happens through the husband. And if it's a marriage of a young girl, it's the husband and the father together. We'll learn about what that means soon. But before she's married, it's just the father. So it's representing a person who's still not connected to Hashem through Torah, but rather through Shabbos. 
On Shabbos, every person has a neshama yesera. This neshama is also relating to chachma. And with this neshama, a person could also transform dark to light. That's why we have the concept of nefir in the dark of Shabbos, that vows can be annulled, at least certain vows can be annulled on Shabbos. Or actually, a hafara, the hafara of a vow can definitely be, take place on Shabbos because after Shabbos will be too late. And we also have a ray of Shabbos every day during davening, and that is representing the fact that even, even before the person comes to the unity through Torah, they can transform themselves through tefillah to a degree. Now, Chazal say that a woman who is betrothed, both the husband and the father, uh, annul the vow. What does this represent? So again, when she's fully married, it's just the husband which represents that with the koyach of the Torah, with the total yichud of the person with Hashem through Torah, that enables the overcoming of the necessity to vow because the person can transform the darkness to light. What does it mean that when there's just betrothal, then the person needs both the father and the husband? What does this mean? So the way he explains it is that a betrothed woman is not on the same level of relationship as a married woman. Gemara talks about akala beves avia and akala beves chamiha. And once she's married and she's in her father-in-law's house, she is in a greater state of union, so to speak, with her husband. And nowadays, we are in a state of erison. We are still only betrothed to Hashem because we still have primarily a revelation of the external aspect of the Torah, like a kiddushin, which is external. But in the future time, the internal aspect of the Torah will be revealed, and that is like an in the internal connection of the full marriage. Nowadays, we still need we need the father and the husband to annul the vow. That means the father is referring to tefillah, where the person arouses within themselves love and fear of Hashem. And then Baila is Eisekah Torah. Without Tfilah, a person who says Torah is enough, he's not going to be successful in his awareness of Hashem. A person needs to have the Birchas Torah, the awareness of the holiness of the Torah, which comes through Davin. And that's why the person who's on that level needs both Avia and Baila. The father is like the level of Yud, and the Baal is like the level of Vav, which is the the voice of the Torah. Now in the future time, when it's going to be base Isha, when it's going to be the full Nisuin, and that represents the person who is fully connected to Hashem, at that point, the Torah will be enough, like Abshem Bar-Yechai, who did not have to daven, because Torah was his life. He was completely connected to Hashem through Torah. There was nothing separate not even for a moment. These are like the neshamas of Atsilos. It was not necessary for him to inspire any love because he was in a constant state of love. So the Alter brings a kitzer of this mimer up to this point. The Isha Kisira, when a woman will vow, the Isha is the feminine. And that's referring to a young girl who has not yet married. And this is referring to a person whose love is like a young person, still not fully developed, still serving Hashem in a backwards way, acharayim, still having a love that's cold like the son to the father, 
still needing Hashem to help him, pull him in order that he should run to Hashem, trying to inspire the love that his neshama had previously. Without inspiring it, how is he going to uh, be the shepherd of Hashem, so to speak, to be able to bring Hashem into this world in the best way? This person is still working on achieving love for Hashem through the Birchus Kriyashma and the Shema. Still on a level of Lechtech Achar by Midbar serving Hashem in the desert, still open to other thoughts, and that's why it's necessary for this person to make vows to separate themselves from things that can bring them down, because they're still on a level of a woman who does not conquer, has not yet conquered their evil inclination. However, Ish is referring to a person who has a greater level of love, no longer like the sun whose love is cold, but rather a flaming fiery love, like the woman whose cold basmatri basmezahov has no desire other than to her husband. And this comes through the Torah. And this is the level of the husband and the wife both not being clothed, meaning to say not being enmeshed and clothed in any other desires for anything else other than each other. And this is going to happen when Mashiach comes in the full sense. And this Geula is in the merit of Yaakov. Like we said before, Yaakov means something that does not stop. And the Torah brings about this love that does not stop, does not have ups and downs, it's constant. Even nowadays, when the Torah is discussing physical things, nevertheless, the Torah still has the essence of Hashem in it. And therefore, with learning Torah, we are able to overcome the necessity to make a vow. Father Rabbi explains also the concept of Naira Murasa Avio Ubaila Mefir Nidarel. He, the Al-Tarebbe gives a new twist on it, or maybe this is already from the note of the Tzamach Tzedek, and he explains that the three levels of the woman who is in her father's house, as opposed to the woman who is in her, who is already betrothed to her husband, as opposed to the woman who is fully married to her husband, these represent three levels of biti, which is the beginning of a person's love, achosi, which is a higher level love, and then imi, which is the highest of all that is considered like a full marriage. This is also the Milas Reim Al Doidim, the third level, which is a love that is constant, has the equality of Reim, friends over Doidim lovers. Because when it comes to Doidim, it means that there's a, a waxing and a waning. There's a time that there's greater and lesser love. Reim, friends, is a constant love. It never wavers. And this is about this time it says, In the future time, we're not going to have any alias. We're going to be in a constant state of love. Hashem is going to lift us up so that we're in a constant state of love. Al-Turba connects this to what it says in the end of Masech Nadorim that the Hafaris Nadorim is similar to the Chafra Halvana Uvoisha Hachama. It says in the Pasuk that in the future time, the moon is going to be embarrassed and the sun is going to be embarrassed. And what does it mean? The Medrash says that in the future time, the sun and the moon, that's compared to Avram and Yitzchak, they're going to be embarrassed because Avram Yishmael came from him. Yitzchak had Esau come from him. Yaakov is the 
stars. And the stars are not going to be embarrassed. What this means spiritually is that the stars always appeared small. Whereas the sun and the moon appeared to be big, and that represents in this world having yeshus. Whereas the stars, they appear small in this world, that means it refers to the person who even in this world feels small, and he feels like the next world, like Hashem, is the real yesh. Now the way the Rashi explains that Gemara is that the moon of today is going to be embarrassed compared to the moon of the future because the moon of the future is going to be like the sun of today. And the sun of the future is going to be seven times what it is now. So the embarrassment is the level of the sun and the moon now is going to be embarrassed compared to that level then. So that's the meaning of Isha Yikimenu the Isha Yifirenu. The man, the husband, will remove it. That's referring to the embarrassment of today's level, even though we're on a higher level than before Matan Torah. We have the Torah, but we're still only betrothed. So in the future time, the level we have of love with Hashem is going to be embarrassing compared to the future level love. And the future level love is going to be Isha Yikimenu, that's the love that's going to be established, like it says, in the time of Mashiach, it's going to be established. May that be speedily in our days.